Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 706, recorded today, Wednesday the 9th of March, as we enter into some form of spring, I suppose. Uh, we're getting there. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, nasty business going on to the world, and we'll try and give you some kind of uh, respite from thinking about all of those big things uh, by bringing you some bants and fun and stuff to do uh, with the world of music technology, synthesizers, uh, streaming, uh, recording making records, playing things, uh, software, all of that kind of stuff. So joining me in today's adventure, uh, Mr. Dominic Hawkin, who's there, a.k.a. Mr. Wiggly, uh, who's uh, regularly stepping in to fill the uh, fill the voids that are sometimes in our panels as everybody gets busier towards the spring. Much appreciated, mate. How did your uh, 40th anniversary birthday go? Yeah, we had a really good stream on Sunday, as Gaz will, uh, Gaz will tell. Um, it was really yeah. good fun, actually. We had, we had Gaz being big ears and Ty being noddy going to buy a synthesizer in the store and all sorts of stuff. I get super paranoid. I had to text guys after saying, I haven't offended you, have I? I didn't really explain no. what was going on. You're all right it's by all of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it was really good it was really really good i highly recommend it if you can go just go check out mr wiggly on on youtube and have a look at the last video that's up there it was a lot of fun it's only about an hour and 20 minutes and there's a, a whole bunch of good stuff on there nothing to do with music whatsoever but ty and ken and gaz are all there and it's good fun I am going to do it. It's Sundays are just tricky for me, unfortunately. It's just one <laughs> of those right. timing issues. But um, well, the other chuckling you heard there was Mr. Gaz Williams, who is there in Bristol, uh, music technologist, streamer, live performer. Got a show tonight, Gaz? Uh, I think so. Yeah, 8 p.m. tonight. I haven't quite figured out what on earth I'm going to do, but that's uh, that's normal. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, yeah, really, really good. Thanks. Um, just uh, just behind me at the moment, Cubase 12 busily installing into my system. Uh, so ah, many commissions. Okay. To do, but, uh, yes. They've ditched, they've ditched the dongle. They've ditched the dongle. I did sing Ditch the Dongle on a show years ago on Sonic Talk to try and plead with them to ditch the dongle. Uh, so really glad that's gone. But, um, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into Cubase 12, though. It, it, I think, I mean, for me, long, long, long-time Cubase user, uh, there's loads of really great stuff in it. So um, particularly excited. Uh, one thing I'm particularly excited about is the ability to um, to do multi-track warping with full phase coherency. So uh, for anyone who's ah, that, I mean that sounds like a, it's a mouthful, but it's it sounds like a very valuable, a, a very valuable uh, uh, thing. Yeah. I mean, are there? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I do does Logic do it? There are some doors that do it, aren't there? And is is, is or is Cubase the first? I can't I, I, well, I can't keep up with these things. I mean, this is this is specifically doing it sort of so all your mics. If you're using like a multi mic situation on, um, you know, yeah, like, they do. Uh, I think Logic does it. No, really, no, can do that, but I mean, it's maintaining the the, the phase coherency. So the phase, uh, you can you can like warp multi tracks. I think in Logic, I might be wrong about this, but I mean, uh, no, live. I, you, I, it's Ableton Live that added that. Yeah. I beg your pardon. That's that. Right. That's, but yes. uh, it may not be phase coherent. But yeah, yeah. brilliant. So I mean, that, that phase coherency thing is absolutely you know vital. If you if you spend a lot of time micing up a drum kit and you know really spending a long time doing that, then then literally what you can do is uh, you can just adjust uh, a single track and then it'll adjust all of the tracks uh, and yeah maintain all of the phase relationships. So that's uh, you know that I mean doesn't sound particularly exciting, but uh, well, you know, big deal. It, that is a big deal. Particularly with all the tempo mapping and all the stuff that uh, Logic that, that Cubase kind of pioneered, and the, the key change and all of those things. I mean, that's going to be. I mean, it's essentially yeah. making everything completely elastic and totally fine. In fact, that's really funny. It gives me a chance to plug our Patreon because we've started putting up all of these archives. I've been excavated. We've got loads of the stuff. I've put five or six up there, but the last one I put up was Melodyne DNA unveiled at Music Mesa 2008. Um, which wow. you know, again, you know, th this is these are. It, again, sounds dry, but actually, I remember the buzz around that and going to see it. And there was a really big, if you watch the video, there's a really big audience and they're all whooping. You know, it's like an Apple keynote almost. Uh, but yeah. it was huge, big deal. And I suppose Cubase is following on uh, from that. But because some of that technology yeah. was unlocked 
that just the concept was unlocked by those guys doing what doing what they did. But yeah, if you want to check that out, Patreon uh, subscribers, that's fine. In fact, I should plug the Patreon anyway, which I sort of did. Uh, if you want to join us, we're posting lots of archive stuff. We're posting. Uh, Ad-free versions of this, including the pre-show. Today's pre-show, I was looking at uh, the OBE, GeForce OBE, because I, I, I only installed it this week, and I, I have to say it sounds fantastic. Uh, and also, uh, what else do we put up there? Other stuff, too. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, well, uh, decent sample patches of often the things that we've been reviewing, which is a great free uh, playback. Uh, and there's some lovely oh, ones of the Take 5 anyway, and the... Sort of uh, uh, with so, oh, Gaz, I'm coming back. What happened? Sorry. I came back. Whoa. Sorry, I was, anyway, I was, yeah, I was trying to get the chat up. Uh, my fault. Ah, ah, sorry about that. Uh, okay, well, that's no problem. All right, well, um, uh, yeah, I'm. I've, I can't remember where I was going. There. Oh, I was plugging that. But yeah, interesting. So Cubase twelve is out. Um, do tell us. Do keep us posted on how it uh, how it pans out because that would definitely well, be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned Melodyne there. One of the uh, one of the improvements is uh, ARA. Um, well deeper integration of that so uh, you can do that on a track level rather than having to go into an editor uh, in a nutshell what that means is sort of like you can actually run Melodyne inside of Cubase uh, I mean you've been able to do this a while and also Studio One supports ARA as well uh, you know you just kind of click on your you get essentially Melodyne working inside of. So you, in the past, you'd have it working and have to have two transports going on, really, really complicated. So that was really cool before you could open it up in an editor inside of Cubase, but now you can actually apply it at a track level. So, uh, so things like that, again, very much workflow-based. Cubase has refocused itself with it once it became Cubase professional. And I think a lot of these kind of updates... Um, you know, are very much playing into that uh, professional ethos, really. Yeah. So they might not. It's interesting, isn't it? We we we've, we we were talking about this when we were that very few of the DAWs now are bringing in these kind of wow features, apart from Bitwig, who seem to be bringing in the wow features, mm. and they're very much mm. almost. And it's all based around their uh, their polygrid and the grid, which is a really unique. I mean, I suppose it's similar to Max MSP and similar to the environment in Logic, but it's much. It, it feels much. More modularly uh, kind of hooked up so it's, it's quite interesting nice. so many of the DAWs now are just concentrating on workflow which is very important um, obviously yeah. if you're using it I mean this is the thing I mean once you've bought into music technology and you go you start with your DAW you want all the bells and whistles like all the, free, the freebies you can get but when you're actually using it you want different mm. things which is, uh, is, is an interesting uh, an interesting uh, um, paradox or, or whatever it's called okay yeah. uh, let's get Bit on to our first topic we will Sorry, go. I was just going to say Bitwig's a new code base as well. So all the coders are all excited. It doesn't have any monolithic backends, not saying that Logic and, and Cubase necessarily have, but I'm sure making some fundamental changes to the to, to you know Cubase and the other long-standing stuff is much more of a nightmare than Bitwig, which has probably been designed a little bit more modularly these days. Yeah. Um, so we're short of rewriting it. So yeah, they can afford to go out and put all the bells and whistles. And it's genuinely, I think, a new take on... On, on how to use a door, to be honest. It's really nice. I still haven't managed to use it properly on a track. I've always got it out, had to play with it, and gone, oh, this is really nice, and then switch back to Logic just because that's where I'm comfortable and there's always a deadline. Um, but no, it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, Very well, good. that's that's the thing, isn't it? That is also one of the one of the things. Okay, well, we will be coming on to the, uh, the new Macs, obviously, but I didn't want to front load it. I'm wanting you to stick around because there's loads of stuff we can talk about. But we'll start off with, uh, well, Waldorf's new Iridium. This is the, well, the new Iridium keyboard, which is a two-layer, uh, 16 voice, three oscillators per voice, three stereo filters per voice, digital former, uh, Fatar semi-weighted poly-aftertouch keybed. And this is based, I did a, a Friday phone with the, uh, the module, and I, I have to say, as a as a thing, it's so 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 beautifully made and so lovely, and uh, it's nice to see. I think this is possibly what Waldorf have been teasing for a while. So yeah, poly aftertouch Waldorf Iridium, and um, I don't know if you've ever put your hands on either the Iridium or the I've forgotten what the other thing was called the the, the big one, um, but. The, the quantum, quantum. Uh, but they are one of the most delightfully built pieces of hardware Sith, I, I mean that I've ever encountered actually it just everything feels just so and so yeah this is kind of exciting interestingly 
The Waldorf is one of those synths that when you're experiencing it, it blows you away. When you record it, it doesn't seem to have the same, it doesn't capture as much of that experience in person when it's recorded. And I don't know why that is. I mean, there are some synths that are like that. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, there's anything wrong with it, but it's a really curious kind of, it's, there's an imperceptible thing about it, which is very apparent in person. Uh, I know you're a keyboard player. Have you got any Waldorf stuff, Dom? I mean, is, have you tried the... I've the, got the my the very original? original Waldorf XT, which I still use all the time, the orange rack mount uh, thing. It's just brilliant. I love it. I've had it since they came out. Uh, I had one of the very early Waldorf with the, with the red, the other red knobs on it, the very early ones as well. I think they've just jumped up in price as well. Um, and it's it's that kind of thing that these new ones are kind of based on in a, in a very far distant future. Um, and they do sound great. It sounds really good. I mean, I was, I was desperate to buy a poly aftertouch keyboard um, with a synth attached, to be honest. And I've been looking around and, and happy to pay reasonable price because i get a good synth in there and i've i've bought as have many others the hydrosynth deluxe which is just off camera here um and i think I, the iridium is much more expensive i think isn't it but and is obviously much more of a of a, a keyboard for your money but there are a lot of people kind of putting pulling the trigger on on a master keyboard like that with with polyphonic aftertouch to complement their stacks of, of soft synths and stuff where they've already probably pulled the trigger on a hydrosynth. So I, I think it's it's a shame this one didn't get announced a little bit earlier because they must have sold thousands of hydrosynths in the last few weeks, I would imagine. Um, but this looks lovely. It's in another league. I think this has a different uh, key bed, doesn't it? Doesn't this have uh, the nicer Fatar-based key, key bed, right? It, yeah, brand new Fatar uh, polyphonic after such key bed. So interesting. Yeah, which like, is they, exciting because the hydrosynth yeah. is a little bit plasticky to me, I think. So I'd love to feel the iridium one, see what that sounds like. It was a, a little bit disappointing. I can see why it has to be like that. And I don't want this to be, sorry, I extend into a hydrosynth iridium comparison. It's not meant to be like that. But I know that it's in the back of a lot of people's minds. Like, I, I don't have a polyphonic aftertouch keyboard. I need to buy one kind of thing. Um, and that was just a little disappointing. Um, but sorry, Gaz, I, I interrupted you. Carry on. No, I was, well, I was oh, just mentioning about... Oh. <laughs> no, just that. This is, a on, new, this is a new key bed from Fatar, so it's going to be interesting to see what other keyboards uh, have polyphonic aftertouch, True. which is really exciting because polyphonic aftertouch is lovely. <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting. There, there's there's a, a thing with poly aftertouch which I think is is a key to how it works. And, I, and when I was talking to uh, Howard Scar and uh, the sound the Yuhi sound designers, they said it's all about the way the cadence and the way that the the curves are affected with the, the aftertouch. Because if you've got the resolution, then the way that they're brought in and the way that they're brought out, or if you let go, it doesn't just sort of fall off a cliff. There's a sort of cadence and almost an envelope. And we talked a little bit about it with Tim Shoebridge's uh, um, um, uh, PPG plugin, uh, which is, should be out sometime soon, which is a polyphonic pressure generator. And it's all about that. And that what that's what makes polyphonic aftertouch way better because on 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 cheaper you know systems. Uh, where there's not tight integration between the resolution of the keybed and the parameters in the synths, it's quite hard to control. So I think I would imagine uh, an, a, 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 a Fatar new one will have a lot of uh, a lot of goodness about it. So yeah, that's a very valid point, Gaz. I think. Anyway, yeah, I, cool. I, I suppose. Yeah, sorry. I, I think there might be a bit of a delay this week, and I'm because we're clouding again. But uh, so I keep talking over. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just really good to see Waldorf, though, really back fully. You know, uh, f uh, you know, the Quantum was a, a, a such a powerful, uh, such a powerful machine to come out, and then the Iridium, and now this. It sort of it feels good that Waldorf are in that position. They've always, since they've been around, you know, been. Um, synonymous i guess with digital synthesizers really aren't they i think more more mm. i mean they've got some great analog stuff too um i've got quite a few walled off things here ranging from the kb37 to um strike vet which is still a superbly useful uh string synth and uh i got a rocket as well which is a quirky little synth yeah we did a jam didn't we on one of the, on a, a, a rocket was it a rocket and a oh, strike yeah, fan i can't remember now 
one, one finger, finger jam, was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah you, you were playing the Moog. I was playing. I was just the launch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do they still make those? Can, can you still buy the Strike Fat and the Rocket, or were they discontinued? I, I... Oh, good, good question. It, the Strike Fet, I mean, feel I see a lot of people using Strike Fets kind of uh, around and about. Um, so it certainly seems like a, it, it, it should be made because uh, the thing about the Strike Fet, search. It, yeah, it sort of just does what it does, but it just does it so well. I think this. Yeah, I enjoyed the review. All of Strike. Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like it. A couple of hundred quid, 230 quid, something like that. There we go. So still available. That's good. Okay. Um, well, actually, what this feels like a good time to maybe uh, just bring in a, a message from our friends over at uh, um, Isotope. Uh, I think they uh, they asked for a new logo, so there might be something happening on the on the landing page at some point in the future. But uh, for now, we'll have to make do with uh, old school. The old school um, Prince Charles Alexander ad. So uh, they'll have a word with you now. Take it away. Isotope Producers Club is a -a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. Muted again. Oops, I do beg your pardon. Uh, once again, we thank them for uh, uh, the. Uh, I told you that I told you there was an issue with. <laughs> now I'm not switching. <laughs> now I'm switching again. I'd forget everything and I keep muting myself. Uh, yes, I wanted to say uh, if you head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, there's a special landing page. And if you use the code Sonic10 uh, at checkout, you save 10% on pretty much all products apart from subscriptions and hardware. But uh, well worth. Uh, checking out if you want to save yourself and that it seems to apply on uh to apply to sale items as well so well worth it uh, okay well i don't really know where to go there's so many big pieces of news which seem to affect us i wonder if maybe i'll, I'll go to this now because i think we've basically got um band camp uh mm. Have been bought by Epic Games, and that's actually kind of a big deal uh, because Bandcamp sort of felt like it was a one of the few remaining sort of musician and independent artist friendly places. And uh, there's a great article by Peter Kern where he goes into why and what's happened. Epic, if you don't know, they're the makers of Fortnite, like really big sort of, and they've made a lot of money as as a Bandcamp have over the period. And we're trying to figure out why this might happen. There just seems like a good fit because uh, you know. Band- Bandcamp seem to uh, um, have, have ticketed events and things that could be sold through the Fortnite experience. It's almost out metaversing metaverse, the Facebook thing that hasn't happened yet, and it's already there in terms of Epic Games. So you know we might be able to find you might be able to buy gig uh, tickets to Bandcamp events or you know buy music, game tracks, soundtracks, all that thing. But Bandcamp are very kind of keen to point out, you know, assure us that they're retaining the core features. You know the the Friday. Um, the, the Bandcamp Fridays a once a month thing, and also uh, retaining the core features, but but with a more international reach and having the benefit of from international services. But it's a scary moment because we've all been big fans of Bandcamp. In fact, the Sonic Lab album, uh, um, the Sonic Volume One album is on Bandcamp, and my stuff's on Bandcamp. I don't know. I know, I know you you're a big fan of it. What do you think? Do you think this is it's worrying? It's always worrying when things amalgamate. I think. Well, yes, but I mean, you've got to look at the uh, band, uh, sorry, the um, Epic Games. You know, Epic Games have been around for a long time, and, you know, I'm an avid gamer, so I know Epic from a, lot, from a long time ago. But they, you know, 
the thing that they got with Fortnite, and I won't talk long about this, but the thing about Fortnite was um, Fortnite was going to be a completely different kind of game, and they released this kind of um, uh, Battle Royale sort of mode as like a kind of free-to-play, free kind of part of it uh, that just caught on. I mean, and it caught on big. That wasn't really the intention. I mean, it was a, a little bit, took them by surprise a little bit. But I think what's happened as well, though, is through that kind of, they call it the freemium model, where it's free to play and then yeah. cos cosmetic cosmetic items like um, that don't affect the gameplay are what kind of they earn their money from. Now, you think, God, is that really going to be a successful business model? Holy moly, yes. It's been, I think, the most, um, I think it's been, I think it's generated the most money of any computer game in history now, Fortnite. So, uh, so that, interestingly, that just simple cosmetic thing has caused this big business. Now, I mention that because, you know, when I saw that Epic had bought Bandcamp, my first thought was, wow, okay, so... Um, their business model now has probably been changed hugely due to the success of Fortnite. Um, and I kind of wonder, and I read the Bandcamp uh, statement as well, which, you know, importantly, they're kind of keeping the royalty rate the same. And, uh, and I thought, oh, okay, so Epic kind of realized that there's money to be made in different ways than the traditional sort of sense. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting now. So I mentioned that about buying cosmetic items. Well, you could imagine that then could translate to being um, merchandise and... Yeah, uh, music. Well, yeah, the music. <laughs> um, so I kind of think it might actually be in safe hands in this sense um, that Epic kind of probably realised that Bandcamp have, have got a working system and probably don't want to mess with that too much. But uh yeah, it's a curious one. I mean, where will where will uh where will they make their extra money? That's that that I guess is the question. So I'm imagining that there are going to be more, yeah, more hard um you know, like things like yeah, you know, uh CDs at Vinyl. Right, yeah. I think they were talking about um, actually uh, offering vinyl pressing and sort of real, real world stuff and that, that sort of thing to, to bands, which you know may well be yeah. something that they can expand. I mean, yeah, very curious knows? though. Game company, you know. So it's, it is very curious, and, and obviously alarm bells ringing because Bandcamp has been for wow quite a long time now, uh, like the best thing ever for musicians, I suppose. Um, uh, so, hmm, but I, I'm not too worried. I think, as I say, mentioning that this Fortnite thing has kind of changed probably the way they, their outlook is. Uh, I think that's probably going to mean well, I, that do, I do hope so. I mean, they're, they're both profitable companies. That's the main thing. I think the thing that's kind of terrifying about these things is that's that's now we've got a one megacorp, but what happens when someone buys Epic and that includes Bandcamp? Yeah. Then, then, you know, right. that's, that's where, it, which is, that's the thing that's yeah. terrifying. But generally, hopefully, good news, right, Dom? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, such an interesting one. Um, it's good that they're both profitable. Normally people buy things that are, you know, are, have yet to be broken into profits. So to them, it's almost like a free deal. They've bought something that is worth what they paid for it and they could sell it. So on the books, it's like a zero cost deal. Obviously they're sitting on a lot of cash. I mean, un, Unreal are brilliant at the moment. They are totally the good guys. They're, they're, we've talked about their the Unreal Engine before. It's free for people like me to download and make games out of. You can sell, a, I think, a million copies or something before you even pay a royalty rate on it. It's very high. Wow. Um, they're, they're, they're maybe maybe 250,000, but basically you've got to have a successful game before they even you even consider having to pay their 5% royalty or whatever it might be. Don't forget there's a huge amount of big games also on the Unreal Engine from which they're making percentages. It's just that obviously all of the money um, from... Um, uh, I've forgotten the name of it. Um, Fortnite, yeah, the, the big game. Fortnite, yeah, Fortnite, of course. Yeah. Um, all of the money went into their coffers, not just five or ten percent or whatever. Um, but the the engine they've built and the money they must have ploughed into making that is insanely good from an audio perspective. Not to mention any of the other perspectives. And you can, it's it's what Max for Live 
should be really with 3D kind of sprinkled on the top. It's it's absolutely brilliant and free to use and all the rest of it. And in, interesting, I think I think there might be some mention of Beardy Man yesterday. I've been talking to him about the fact that Unreal Engine is 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 better than Max and should be the thing everyone's kind of programming those systems in. Um, so that's good. And and the, the licensing model is good. They, they don't seem to have much of the bad press that companies like EA get for kind of working the you know, really bad working environments allegedly. And you know they just they seem to be the good guys. Um, and I still don't quite understand that there must be a core fundamental go to the board and we're going to buy um, Bandcamp, which I guess must be content. I guess it's like, well, you know, we don't own Spotify. This is good value for money. It has a good reputation. It has a lot of content and it makes a profit. So we can continue to run it as is and then talk about pulling in some of the sounds to license for game soundtracks. You know, we need to own the periphery around, you know, the stuff that we can make games with and content and music especially is often overlooked and an expensive part of the process often as well so for for you know for gaming companies to be able to buy that kind of stuff it's cool well i suppose the thing that i suppose the thing is sorry to interrupt that i suppose the thing is is Mm. also you've got to bear in mind that epic and with their steam and all of their platforms that also brings something to bandcamp which means that they can now distribute the music and the artists listed on bandcamp via their vast i mean gaming is is probably a much bigger market and a much wider broader reach so that that's got to be good yeah. news that means i mean harder it to is, be discovered but news. when you are discovered potential massive sales right then bang yeah that is good news but i can't see that the reason to sell to the board to buy it because right. they're going to go hang on a minute our core business is not selling vinyl pressing vinyl the music you know concentrate on the core thing so there's going to be someone in there at a high level going and and you know this could be brilliant we could be doing this when that guy leaves or it's bought out that'll go by the wayside any of the kind of periphery Mm. like oh we could really do it and that that's the bother you know it becomes an asset that is, you know, if someone can't, if there is someone championing it in, in, in inside the company and they're going, right, we could do this, we could do that. Actually, the core value to, to Unreal is, is, I guess, the musical assets in there and maybe some kind of distributions, but I don't know. But anything that isn't core business for Unreal becomes um, a danger when they switch direction or when or when the you know the evangelist within the company who's driving this through might leave or whatever. Now, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but because it's profitable, because it stands on its own two legs, theoretically, that should just carry on. It's its own cost center. It runs quite happily, you know, and they should just be cherry picking like, oh, this fits really well with our business, you know. Yeah. And if they can yeah. give the, the guys running a bank camp the autonomy to go off, like, actually, do you know what? If you invest a million in a pressing plant over here, we can turn it into, you know, a million in the first couple of years and you get your money back. That gives them that, that opportunity as well. So it just, just depends. The, the best will in the world, these things don't last when people leave that's all so you just got our fingers crossed that it becomes an entity in its own right like i say as a as a, a profit making thing you can't argue with it you know it's not like they've come in to help out a company that needs investment to turn them into the next massive corporation they're buying a, wow. a going concern so so that that is cool so sorry solarizer in the chat room google uh, google search epic generated 5.1 billion in revenue in 2020 and raised 1 billion in april 2021 funding round that valued the company at 28.7 billion so uh, wow. they're big players uh, uh, they've got a, some big big people to compete with but nonetheless it could be it's the benign aspect of it isn't it it feels like it's a platform that actually understands and values creative musician musical output rather than just treats it like you know a commodity yeah, yeah. Hope, I mean, uh, but as Tom was mentioning, Unreal, um, obviously a product of Epic as well, is uh, it did get me thinking then about some weird kind of un- Unreal Engine Bandcamp crossover of being able to sort of, you know, whether concerts or something, you know, they, they, they live gigs, some, absolutely, live gigs, absolutely. Uh, well, Bandcamp have ticketed events, don't they? So that's yeah, got to be so, uh, ticketed streams. There's a path there, isn't there? That there could be quite an yeah. interesting one. Yeah, I wonder if that's something to do with it. Could be. Anyway, I mean, it is a little bit inside finance, but it could be interesting and it could actually have, it, it feels like a force that's pushing in the right direction against the Spotify's and against the commodification of music to a degree. At least, there, like you said, there are currently people who seem to be 
doing the right thing, whether that sticks around. Totally. Or I, would, I would really suggest that no one boycotts Bandcamp over this. I think it's a good thing and everyone me- it certainly at the moment means well. So I, I think it, the more successful Bandcamp is and the more supported it is, the more of an entity it becomes in its own right and continues the way it has been. So fundamentally a very good thing. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, well, what, well I, I think it's probably time we're going to have to tackle the elephant in the room. I can feel it snorting and stomping around and uh, we really must. So uh, I, I, the only video I could find was a little bit abstract, but uh, hey, I'll put it in anyway. Anyway, here we go. So this is actually an ad for uh, the Mac Studio, even though it's just a lovely piece of uh, art. So yeah, new Mac Studio, which just looks like a sort of large four-headed Mac Mini. Uh, the, the key thing really is the fact that it's got this new chip, new M1 chip, which is the M1 Ultra, which is effectively two of them mashed together that communicate over a sort of zero latency, very, very high speed bus. So you can stack chips up and this is where it gets excited because it means all the code is the same. You don't have to recompile for this new multi core thing, it just goes. Uh, you could buy it in M1 Max and M1 Ultra. I mean, it, it's not a cheap thing. Let's like be around the bush, you know. We're, I suppose the thing is, is w- the big news is really nobody saw this coming. Everybody was thinking, oh, we're going to see a Mac Mini. Uh, and we sort of have, but this is way better. It's got I mean, the base model uh, has four Thunderbolt ports on the back, two USB 3, two USB C on the front, uh, SDHC card slot, HDMI port. Uh, the high-definition headphone jack, which works on either to, to powered speakers or to headphones. On the back, on the back, though, bloody hell, idiots. But the reason we've got all this height is 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 because of the cooling, and it requ- it's got fans in it, and they didn't say it's silent, so it might make a bit of noise, but I think it's got very slow, and that's what all the sort of perforations are. I, I think I've got the, uh, there's the sort of, I think I can, I don't know if I can make this work, because it may be, yeah. Uh, I think I've got a slightly different. So yeah, that all the perforate it draws all the stuff. But this is kind of big news. It's a bit. There's a big monitor and stuff. Starts at two thousand dollars, two thousand quid. Not for the cheap or faint-hearted, but boy, is it going to give you a lot of juice for the power. And what, however you feel about Apple, they seem to be pulling away quite rapidly from the rest of the rest of the kind of PC world in terms of not only power but power per watt used and that's kind of key as energy you know given this world situation energy is getting more and more and more expensive so uh, Gaz, i know that you have a certain uh, connection with apple just because your uh, partner works in apple store so you have a kind of interest uh, you probably get all this information newer and more quickly but uh, did you did you go for one yes (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, yeah, I did because I've been waiting for this for quite some time. Um, I, you know, we thought there was going to be some kind of um, Mini Pro, which that's what that's what this is, really, isn't it? They've, you know, it's the it's the Mac Mini Pro, just in a different sort of term, the Studio. Yeah. But I think the Studio work makes sense as uh, as a name for this new product, though, because it's, you know, I mean, it is. <laughs> absolutely targeted at professionals and um and the whole um presentation yesterday it was going for the professionals it wasn't trying to make this uh, uh it wasn't being aimed in any way at a uh, it's not a lifestyle is it really no no so um and it follows predictions that uh, certainly that i'd mentioned about when the m1 first launched when you know they brought out the bottom of the range products first the mac mini the mac uh the macbook air and the mac and the base level macbook pro to get the m1s out there oh and then the imac as well all with the, the standard m1 chip to get masses of them out there so th- it would make developers then really have to yeah, develop consider exactly porting yeah sort of native uh m1 um i mentioned cubase 12 earlier yes that is now uh m1, m1 native is it native yes so uh so i'm absolutely i cannot wait to see what uh the what the mac studio is going to be like running cubase because obviously um apple having an advantage with logic and the same in video world with final cut 
Pro, uh, Logic has been running like a like a charm, really, on the M1 platform. So be interesting to see how Cubase does. Anyway, I digress. Back to the thing itself. I have to say, I think it's a bit odd looking. It's a bit ugly. I don't think, I'm not quite sure. I like the visuals of it. However, in terms of connectivity, it's pretty much what, what we want. I mean, um, it, it's going to mean quite a lot more USB to USB-C yeah. kind of. Uh, well, yes and no, because I, I mean, that there's, there's there's USB two. I mean, the thing if you go for the Ultra, which is basically a pair of M1 Maxes kind of stuck together and talking to each other, and addressable by the same code, and they were and this is a really big. If 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 developers have been developing for Metal, which is the kind of core uh, Mac platform, rather than sitting on Rosetta, then they'll get these speed gains without anything. But if you go for the Ultra, you get not only yeah. do you get those uh, four on the back, but on the front they're also Thunderbolt, so you get six 40 terra 40 uh, 40 gigs a second uh, yeah. connections plus all of this and that th this th i think the base model will run four 8k displays if that's what you want which is i mean more for video i agree i mean and i would like yeah. one but i have no need i bought the 14 inch macbook pro so i'm kind of yeah Doop. So I, the one, the, the model that I decided to go for, though, was the not the Ultra, but the, the Max. I think that will be plenty for my um, musical so. and, and my video sort of needs, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's expensive, but it doesn't strike me as being, you know, when the Mac Pro, the new, the later, you know, the more recent iteration of the Mac Pro came out, uh, it was prohibitively expensive. It really put it way out of the reach of most people. Um, but whereas I think uh, if you're looking at spending around 2000 to 2500 on the centerpiece of your studio setup, then that doesn't strike me as being excessive no it's uh, not excessive particularly if you i mean the key is is if it's if it's a pro thing that you do and it's what and it's what you actually do right i mean then yeah, you could justify it, you know absolutely yeah. yeah exactly i know dom are you uh, 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 did you go have, have you replaced your uh i don't know what you've got your main studio machine or is this something well, my main studio is like gaz's it's a it's a high spec mac pro the old black bin looking one and it's it was really high spec and actually it still functions very nicely and i'm still using it i bought the new m1 uh laptop the pro laptop which was high spec so i've i've spent a bunch of cash like you on that and it's it's a life changer honestly they i had an imac for my coding machine and i'm now doing all the coding and video stuff on the laptop and uh i see my wife a lot more which is great downstairs and it's all good um but they're insane already so this i think which is what gaz has done is a lovely little drop-in replacement for the old school mac pro that sort of sits below here and would be would be a lovely addition uh, i think it's two 2k for the for the for the basic and and 4k for 32 the ultra, gigs 32 yeah it's 4K, 32 4K gigs uh you get yeah 2000 2000 for the 32 512 and then you go up to up to 64 and then it's uh 4k for the for the 64 yeah, and one terabyte ultra which yeah you, know, you can so, bump I mean, the uh, it's a lot of money not let's not you know let's not it, pretend it, is. it isn't i mean but I spent, you know, almost that on the on the laptop. I'm fine with that. I don't need to change the studio kit at the moment. If I hadn't bought the laptop, I think I'd still be I'd still be in the market for the laptop. It's just because I don't just use it in the studio all the time. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be the next purchase when the Mac Pro power supply blows up or something like that happens because it's yeah. it's going to happen at some stage. It's brilliant in the way that it still runs everything that I need it to run in the studio. It's just really really nice and solid and reliable. Uh, but it's some, you know, I'm a couple of OSs behind and, you know, it's just a solid workhorse, but it's lasted 10 years, something like that. And it still yeah, doesn't I mean, slow that's down. A, that's true. If yeah. you do, if you do spec these things highly, they, they honestly, they amortize over the time, you know, sorry to sorry, talk accountancy words, but, you know, split that over 10 years, it's probably cost me about 350 a year or something. So, um, yeah, outrageously good. I, and just to go, I think the name is genius. I know the whole thing is genius. The design is amazing. Whatever they've done to make it work is incredible. But that name, as guys were saying, it's just spot on. Um, and the target market is perfect. It's like they can they can really do no wrong at the moment. Um, yeah, so, so nice. It, I could have easily expected a three and a half K price tag on the base model of this, just just if you showed yeah. it to you and waved it and said, this is, this is coming out tomorrow. How much do you reckon? 
you know, well, three, three and a half looks, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, and that is a fair point. I suppose the thing is, for many people who've got PCI hardware, which in the audio and video world, we all do, you know, this is, are there routes to be able to do that? And there, there are, there are Thunderbolt docks to PCI cards. I think, uh, I, I forget who makes them, but there are a number of those. And with Thunderbolt 4, you've got 40 gigs a second on each of those those ports. They're, they're not split. It's like each bus is 40. Yeah. The same on this, uh, on this Mac. Uh, but Pro that I've got, I've got three ports and they're all 40 gigs per, you know, which is plenty. So, you know, yeah. you can hang a lot of stuff off one of those. You can get all of these kind of docky things, but you can do the PCIe thing. And and that's now, because that used to be a lot more, because you used to have Thunderbolt just regular. We used to have Firewire to it, didn't we? I mean, it, yeah. and now it's got a lot more, there's a lot more um, legacy to that. It has, you know, the history with drivers, it's got compatibility. So some of the people who would maybe have investment in that PCI hardware may well be, as long as there are drivers for the actual units in within the software and it's recognized there it can communicate so that might be something totally. that you know might hold totally. it back, <laughs> i think you said before that um when the laptops came out this was a tipping point moment where it became like okay I, i've been holding back but this is the moment where actually it's the, it's the stupid game changer word you know it's the moment when really there is a leap going on here and this is just adding to that to be honest it's just another leap where everyone's going to go do you know what i I was thinking about one, but this is the thing that, that really needs it. If you don't need the portability of a laptop, this is clearly the thing to go for. And it's going to be way too overpowered for most people at the moment. And you'll suddenly start seeing loads more video rendering and, and really cool stuff going on. And it's 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 an affordable price for what it's, what it's offering. It's outrageously good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't want to dwell upon it so much more. It's interesting. The uh, the new monitor looks kind of cool. I mean, it's expensive, but yeah. it looks like a. But what it's got, it's got a, an iPad A. Is it an A13 chip in it? In the which monitor. is really interesting in the in the monitor, which means you know that could be an Apple TV in the future as well. You know, it could. There's mm. all sorts of things that that opens up, and and it could run apps presumably because it's got stuff in it. It's got a really good sound system in it, and I think that's maybe, you know, more a nod into consumer land. You buy one of those, it's like runs, but it could be my TV. I mean, it's not massive. It's not a massive TV, but it's it's 27 inch, I think, and that really kind of also would charge a laptop over. It does a not. It's got a 95. Uh, what output so it'll charge a laptop over firewire it's got it's an interesting so they're really because they're in charge of the entire thing from the silicon up to the os i mean they could do what they like and the only thing i will say oh, cloverleaf man I hate those things. that's always that's always the one you don't have you go oh yeah i need one of those i've got one at the office but i haven't got one with me oh. anyway let's not uh, let's not dwell on it too much but uh, yeah Big announcement, really, and fair fair play to them for that. Okay, um, what else was I going to look at? Um, Nick, Nick, yes, just one one thing we should mention though on the announcement yesterday because I think it is quite good. The Mac, okay. the iPad Air is now M1. So yes, that that's quite. That's that almost. That's like. That's kind of like yeah. in many ways. That's that's kind of laptop replacement territory, isn't it? You stick a keyboard on that yeah. and. That's as fast as many current, you know, mid-priced laptops. Yeah, what's I mean, that? that? My, my M1 MacBook has just been incredible. So to have that in an in an iPad Air, that kind of power, mm. yeah. Sorry, just wanted to mention that because I think that is which also quite, and it also has USB-C. My yes, iPad Air has USB-C, so it's like a Mac Pro, Mac uh, a Mac iPad Pro basically with an M1 in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're all heading in the same direction with those. I mean, it's hard to argue against them if you need the sort of things that it's providing. I mean, you know, the PCs are absolutely fine. We use a PC. This is running on a PC, this show, although it's a virtual PC. And, you know, over here is our main video machine. That's also a PC. I'm not a complete, you know, Mac. Um, evangelist. It's just ex interesting times. Okay, right. I, I don't know where to go next. We've got some really interesting topics, and I, I kind of, I didn't. I, I think we'll go here because uh, this was a bit of fun. This is. Uh, Hi, I'm Beardy Man. <laughs> where were you with that? And I'm Sam Scott. Jesus. <laughs> this, this, this chemistry, honestly. <laughs> I'm with Beardy Man. Who? Uh, you just. I'll play for ahead. How about? <laughs> yeah. Basically, Tom Scott, a massive sort of science explainer on YouTube, 
got together with Beardy Man, who's got a tour coming out, and they made some hyperpop with his dreadful singing. Uh, and it was it was a joy to behold. And one of the things that was so joyful about it was just how blown away uh, uh, Tom Scott was by Beardy Man's. I mean, he's a he's a proper genius. I mean, I, I whenever I see him operate, and he's it's like, how does a human operate at that level? I don't understand how it's possible. I'd say he was a savant, but he's not. There's nothing, you know. There's, he hasn't got any sort of any any um, mental disabilities. He's also got a photographic memory as well, which makes him just. Uh, he's amazing. I mean, Gaz, we did. Uh, well, you interviewed uh, Beardy Man when we did that. Uh, his setup. He's a big fan of Sonic, and he's still got my uh, my Keith McMillan soft step, which I suppose was a fair fee for the interview. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell upon that. But what a great video! What a. I mean, but those iPads set up with the kind of. The way that his system was working, I mean, it's just, it, uh, yeah, I've just yeah. found it joyful. I don't know about you. Oh, I mean, you know, he is an incredible, absolute incredible performer. And his ability to think on the fly, to improvise on the fly is just unsurpassed. And, uh, you know, he... he the the setup that he uses so it's gone through it's the beardytron various varying um, setups of it uh, the video that we did was oh that was a while ago now five six years ago perhaps yeah. and I know that it's gone through a, a, a bunch of changes since then so he's constantly evolving that setup and he's able just to improvise in pretty much any genre using often just only his voice although manipulated in lots of different ways. Uh, uh, in, and as you mentioned, it's just it, it's it's boggling how his abilities and his talents are just so off the scale, and it's all shot through with a really really good sense of humour as well. He and he's uh, you know which oh, yeah. makes makes him you know really entertaining. Um, it's funny seeing him without a beard now, but um, <laughs> yeah, kind of weird, <laughs> weird without a beardy man without a beard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, you know, and, and kudos to Tom Scott as well. Just in general, he, Tom Scott's uh, Tom Scott has got a, an incredible ability to deliver lots of information in a really in a very concise and easily digestible um, way. You know, his videos typically around five six minutes long and yeah. manage to distill incredible amounts of information. So these two coming together. So it makes a lot of sense, really, I guess. They both, you know... 4.2 million subscribers, Tom Scott, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. You, know, you know, thoroughly recommend him if you've not come across him before. Um, but, uh, but, you know, when Beardy Man explains how he does things and, you know, you kind of go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go with that. And then... It, yeah, no chance. <laughs> there's one thing. There's one thing missing, and that is an insane level of focus and concentration and talent. And you can tell by the way he's playing the keyboards as well. He's a pretty. He knows his music theory because he's able to pick and just kind of go right. Okay, I know what to do with the vocoder notes on this. That's amazing. And he also understands audience dynamics as well. So when he performs live, he knows how to do. He you know again all in the all being improvised but he knows how to do the builds how to do the drops how to sort of really kind of do a lot of that kind of dj culture sort of techniques mm. as well and in, in you know integrate all of that into his performances as well so even when his genres are going in all sorts of different ways he still is able to kind of utilize some really excellent audience um well i mean and he's engaging with the audience all the time getting yeah i mean uh, he's like a stand-up comedian as well <laughs> I mean, oh, let's just throw that yeah. in there. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, um, Dom, you said you were in contact with him. I mean, it look, it does sound to me like uh, not only that, but because um, when we saw him, his musical stuff was quite quite uh, eclectic and he sort of left because he was a drum and bass kind of guy to begin with and it yeah. sounds like maybe he's preparing because the new tour which uh, face make dance he's i think basically he's gearing up to to do more dance music uh, playing may the 21st in bristol which i'm going to definitely try and get a ticket to but yeah very I mean, impressive I started my, my bromance of my, my love of all things beardy uh, probably about a year ago i mentioned it when jamie little was on the show time before last because jamie's the other kind of amazing uh, improvisation kind of person along those lines 
um, when I basically I started a little Discord for Mr. Wiggly, and I and I found Beardy Man on his one, and he's using Discord so brilliantly. If you are a patron of Beardy Man, of which he has a lot now, you get access to his Discord, which is a, a chat system and an audio system. In case you, anyone in the audience doesn't know, but um, and oh, that that's by the way, here we go. We've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows what Discord is now. I hope. Um, that gives you access to uh, his live streaming and his practice. So I think if you pay five or six pound a month or whatever, it's various levels, but you can go in and you can be a part of him when he's practicing. And he will be like, like you saw in that video, actually pulling in ideas from the audience, but he's constantly sampling the audio output of the discord where there's probably 30 people chatting and listening. And a lot of them are kind of mini beardy men as well. They're all trying to build their own beardy trons. Um, but he'll just take abstract chat coming, like audio chat coming from the Discord and then wind it up into his tracks and stuff. Um, and he literally just turned up and dumped a whole load of people into my Discord and said, this looks quite cool. Go and have a chat with this this Dominic guy. And, and overnight, my, my Discord became populated, apart from just me and Inky, really. And that was great. <laughs> um, and, and then talking to him, because I was talking to him about OSC, which is used a lot in his kit, and he uses a lot of uh, Max for Live, and he's constantly trying to find stuff that um, will allow him to do what he does. It's so pushing the envelope on all this kind of stuff. And I, I was just chatting about Unreal Engine and, and looking at the way Ford's was doing things like that. So we've, we've kept a, a reasonably healthy kind of chat going on. And he's been on the verge of breaking into the mainstream. He's already got a lot of followers, but he's not. My mum doesn't know about him yet. He's on the verge of that, I think, because he's so mm. entertaining. He was a stand-up comedian originally, so he knows how to run the audience. Um, wow! And his muscle memory and his his um, kind of way he's built that thing is just insane. And he's basically got a whole bunch of stuff on the input, so the voice goes through a whole bunch of stuff, and then he's got a whole bunch of quantizing effects and sequence of stuff in the middle that can go through it again, and then a whole lot of stuff on the output. So he may be quantizing his beatbox as it goes in, so he never has to then go and chop it up and move in it around or whatever. It's already in time, and then he may be processing that or. You know, it is, it's insane the way he does it. And it really does break OSC and MIDI and certainly breaks Max, you know, which is why there was so much excitement. But it's all geared around this thing by expert sleepers called Crossfade Loop Synth. And also Tornado, he mentions in there, which is, an, I think it's another... Are they iOS apps he's running then, or are they running in laptops? I, they are know. iOS apps, but the, the Crossfade Loop Synth works on on a laptop or whatever and it's an expert sleepers old looper that you can just run and it will quantize and it's not expensive and there literally is nothing else that does the job like it so if you fancy being a mini beardy man just check out crossfade loops in mm -hmm. first and there's a video if i dig out the video i don't think it's listed but there's an unlisted video i've got somewhere which i'm sure we won't mind i'll, I'll post underneath this video afterwards which kind of takes you through the most recent iteration um, of of the beardy beardy Tron, but yeah, what what a guy, and he really deserves it as well. I think he's just a super super nice, helpful, positive, you know, vibey kind of guy. And also the other yeah. thing, like you said, it's really interesting how amazing the stuff we can often take for granted is to someone who doesn't understand electronic music or whatever. Like, look, I can put a kick drum here and a snare drum and a hi-hat, and it's like, you can make drums, you know, let alone what Beardy Man's doing. And you can just completely yeah. blow people away with, a, with a you know, an iPad just by doing stuff that we take for granted, which is mind-numbingly incredible to anyone who's not well, it's, in the it scene. Must be, yeah. Right? It, must, yeah, it must be very... It must be just very pl pleasing to, to do. I, I mean, and, and as we know, I mean, when we went to see him, because uh, I couldn't turn up, I think I turned up just before the gig and I walked in. He literally, he sort of came up and he was like, wow, I can't believe it's you. And I was thinking, what? You're saying that to me? I mean, Jesus, this guy is, yeah. I mean, I think it's just because I've been around a while. So I'm a sort of a, a, a familiar face, but crikey, yeah. Amazing, amazing talent. Well worth checking out. If you check out uh, beardyman.co.uk, uh, the face make dance. He's uh, he's over uh, a lot of the UK doing a few tour, a few dates in Europe as well. He's not really done America, and I can't see that that. Net, but I, it, maybe his setup's going to be a lot simpler because it was quite complex what he was doing before, wasn't it, Gaz? Oh, it's ridiculous, and it took him you know a good old few hours to set it all up. Uh, but just something very quickly though is um, Beardy Man's brother Jay Foreman is a very successful comedian and YouTuber as well, actually, and he's really he's ah. really good. So. Uh, 
is uh, and he does like kind of stuff. Songs and so stuff, something definitely runs in the family with those guys. Yeah, obviously. I mean, they've just got whatever. But did he not? I think he did say he has a photographic memory, isn't it? Which I think is. Yeah. I mean, it makes obviously he can remember styles and remember the names of presets and remember. Oh, yeah, I need this. I mean, that, that must be a very. I mean, that's just. Uh, uh, yeah. This is coming to a person who I'm gradually realizing my the, my mental sharpness is on the wane. You know, I'm sitting, I'm having a conversation, and I can't remember the simplest. I think, uh, who's the name of that person? What's the name of that guy? And it's like, you know, it's like. I don't know. I can't even think of one, but you know, it's some something really major, and I'm like, oh man, I feel really, I'm really <laughs> stupid. But yeah, he's sharp as a tack. Definitely worth checking out, Beardy Man. Please do. He's is uh, absolutely brilliant. And also, Tom Scott, fantastic stuff. He, he, I think he did another video. I'm trying to think where I, what, where did I see him before? Because he was on another musical sort of related video. Uh, I forget where it was now, but he, yeah, he's so he's obviously into exploring. But he's really, he's like a, he's like a. He, he, his joy of seeing that stuff, because he's a scientist, you know, that's his sort of, sort of bag. And just the joy of seeing what you can do with this kind of stuff is amazing. Really, really fascinating. Um, I suppose, I mean, we have got more topics, but it feels like maybe um, I could save those because uh, who knows what will happen next week's, next week's news. Yeah. Uh, but before we go, I just wanted to say if you're, obviously we're, we're our, our feelings go out to everybody over in Ukraine and what's going on. If you want to support, uh, we've put links all over the site now. There are uh, banners and whatnot on Sonic State, which you can link to to donate and I'm sure there are lots of there are also loads of people doing uh, the proceeds of sales uh, so do, do check them out do what you can and uh, if anybody is managing to listen and watch what we do over there our hearts go out to you and I hope uh, everything is alright soon but let's say goodbye in a bring it back up again and say goodbye to thank you very much Don for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and I know I say it every thank bloody much. week but I am going to get on your show at some point even if I have to send oh, I a pre-recording Sunday evening is not the best time for, for any Anybody I know, and you're, you're very, very welcome. Maybe the fiftieth birthday in ten weeks' time would be the. Ah, uh, uh, okay, the that's an interesting idea. That um, might be in the middle of Superbooth. Mm, I have to think about that because Superbooth yeah, is coming up, and that's shaping up to be pretty good. Well, you won't be busy. Yeah, absolutely. Be able to do a little live stream from there. That would be fine. <laughs> no, we absolutely. <laughs> well, funnily the, enough, chat. sorry, go on. So, funnily enough, all of this stuff, this cloud stuff, is why we're doing it. So we can do this kind of thing from ah, these kind of shows. That's the go. point. I was just going to say, That's Steve the... Elbows in chat has suggested that uh, Gaz's amazing, um, what are they called? Your synth, uh, what are they called? The synth wrapping up cabling. Oh, my, my, my cable portals. Cable portals would also make yeah. good uh, beard uh, kind of twizzlers as well if you want to keep your beard under control. But uh, any excuse for you to kind of show them off because they are insanely good. Um, this is this is Gaz, oh, yeah. Gaz's mm. beardy portal stuff. They're kind of like uh, reu they're reusable cannoli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> uh, I don't know I bang on about them, but since I've been using them for the last sort of couple of weeks they, i just keep the using them in all sorts of different ways as well so yeah so anyway yes cable portals thanks don for the plug <laughs> yeah. excellent no, no, good work pretty versions <laughs> no thank you very excellent much excellent work as always anytime Always a pleasure, uh, Mr. Wiggly.co.uk, for all of the stuff uh, that you do, including the plugin, which I'm sure there will be more stuff coming along at some point. When you find the time, I can't imagine you've got a lot of it, but good, good for you. And also, Gaz, there, who's trying to figure out, I don't, are you trying to get that out or in? I can't quite figure it out. <laughs> help, help. Man, man turns up at A&E with, uh, with uh, a cable portal inserted in beard, cannot remove. Yeah, or somewhere. <laughs> Gaz, lovely to have you. Are you, so you. Are you doing a show tonight? Uh, yes, I think I will. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and rack my brains what I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, I think I will, yeah. So yeah, join me 8 p.m. Well, when, uh, on Gaz. Yeah. <laughs> your, your Mac isn't arriving yet. When Do you get it soon? Have you got a delivery date no. on the one that you ordered? Is it going to be the 18th? About, or? About, about like five minutes ago, I just had a text message saying your parcel from Apple is due on thursday 10th of march and i was like mm, what uh, what how's yeah. that possible and i was like so have the a mouse look. Or, or or something else you <laughs> yeah, it'll be... it's, just, it's just the keyboard it's just the keyboard yeah. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. oh <laughs> how disappointing never mind yeah. never mind anyway lovely to have uh, have yeah. you all sorry we... See, that i've been using a wired keyboard for a long time 
and it's been the res- and it, I, I've got my dongle plugged into the side of that keyboard, uh, so I've not wanted to get a. Oh, now you don't wipe. need it anymore. Woo! Dongle. I'm so excited about that. A dongleless life. <laughs> a dongleless Excellent. life for me. A dongleless life for me. <laughs> <laughs> the real nice so one. Yeah. That, that sounds like a great song. Uh, it's, I, 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 I'm to the tune of something uh, I, I, which I can't think of at the moment. Chaps, thank you very much. I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, we'll see you all next time. And we did save some interesting topics for next week. So we're not going to be completely bereft of news if there's nothing to talk about. Because it's felt like a bumper week this week. Anyway, that's it. See you all next time. Thanks to everybody in the chats uh, and all our Patreon supporters who will now scroll along as we play the credits and I fixed them so you should all be there. Bye bye now.